You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Exciting news. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. Down at Salt Leadership, is that how you say it? Yeah, I know Salt it stands for something, yeah. right? But it, what does it stand for? Uh, Salt and Light Leadership Salt Training. Salt and Light Leadership yeah. Training. Cool. Well, I'm with David Skidmore from Salt and Light, Lead- Salt and Light Leadership Training. Um, definitely go check it out. Is it just at Salt? Yeah, S-A-L-L-T yeah. dot com. Right. Yeah. Um, I We know a lot of the same people, right? A yeah. Lot, like, we just seem to, I think I've seen you at EOTA a bunch of times. Shout out to Todd for having an awesome spot. Love you, um, Todd. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, we know a lot of the same people, and this has probably taken too long. We should have done this a long time ago. But, you know, for people listening, I guess, what what is it that you do? Yeah, I'm the creative director here. Okay. And so uh, I get to lead our storytelling efforts. Mm -hmm. So whether that's in podcasting, uh, whether that's in video, um, magazine, Mm -hmm. just all of those different efforts. We'll, we'll have some stuff coming in music, uh, in the future as well. And so, you know, just salt traditionally was primarily just on the, uh, leadership training. Yeah. But now that we've had, you know, 500 people go through, uh, it's kind of like, well, this is an, this is a really cool opportunity to start telling some of the stories of, of right. people who are impacting culture. Yeah. And that's like, it's faith-based and mm-hmm. how long has yeah. kind of salt been going and it, yeah, salt. On? Yeah. I should know. Is this it a while? A storyteller. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think salt was founded 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Check me on that West lane yeah. if you're listening, but yeah. Um, I believe it was 12 years and ago. And is it Oklahoma city based? Yes. Okay. So for those 500 people that have gone through, it's like they're all metro area yeah. kind of based. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Is it, um, where, I guess, where, you know, when did you find out about salt to you know, think that I want to be here? Yeah. I found out about salt in, um, 2015. Some of my friends were going through mm-hmm. and when they shared it with me, I was living in Tulsa at the time, Mike. And I was like, there's an, <laughs> like Oklahoma City, what? I'm not yeah, one out of Tulsa, Oklahoma City, no I'm not way. doing that. And two, like that's a real thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't sound like anything that I want to be part of, right? And so, uh, ironically, at the <laughs> time, and so now I'm working here. <laughs> I told Wes that. I told Mike that when it, you know yeah. when I started here, I was like, guys, uh, this was not part of the plan. Uh, it's supposed to be a satellite uh, thing. It's supposed to be exactly. Still in Tulsa, working out of my yeah, home well, office, starting yeah. Peppa people empowering powerful <laughs> people all over. You know, like right. since, since we're doing acronyms, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, I came through the program in 2016 and, uh, um, Dr. Nathan Meller was one of the facilitators then along with Dr. Renny Cook and, and Wes Lane and and the impact that those people had on my life was just so profound at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so now it's an honor to, to be here on on the team. And calling Oklahoma city home is still weird. You know, Oklahoma City is home. Yeah. Like, it really is home. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, having gone through SALT. Right. You know, um, kind of the the background of how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had been living in Tulsa uh, and my mom was uh, dealing with cancer at the time. And so um, I went up to Boise, Idaho and just spent time with her. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was just going to be a, a quick visit and it ended up being a five month stay because she gradually got got worse while I was mm-hmm. there. And so then uh, she passed away in June of 2016, which actually led uh, towards me saying, well, I don't want to go back to Tulsa now. I love Tulsa, but I just right. felt like I needed something different. Uh, and one of my buddies, uh, Kent, was like, hey, dude, uh, you can come uh, live here, check out Salt. And I was like, I don't know about Salt, <laughs> but you know, it ended up being a, a, yeah. a great opportunity. And um, at the Salt retreat that, that I went to, uh, I made 28 new friends. Mm. Uh, and those friends, uh, a lot of them are really close to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so that's for... Well, I mean, for people listening that don't understand what SALT is, yeah. it's leadership training. Yeah, it's leadership so training. speaking and communicating and yeah, and kind of like everything like a pastor does kind of, but so in business. Yeah, you know, um, there are a lot of different leadership programs that are going to focus on, you know, these are the five leadership skills you should have. Okay. These are the three communication styles or you, all right. of that. What SALT gets to and what was interesting, I had never been part of this conversation. You know, I grew up... Uh, Grew up Christian, grew up in in the church as a pastor's yeah. kid. You know, all so yeah. so I'm very Straight close lace, to it, like right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I like to say I survived it, and yeah. so you know, it like I had this this idea of of church, even though I I said Jesus is part of life, and and I understood that. At the same time, I can tell you, um, it was still kind of like I left him at church on Sundays. Sure. Um, it wasn't that I was like just trying to wild out or anything like like that. It was right, just like, but it was so full on for you growing yeah, up. Yeah, like and it, then right? then you're working in in the week, and so like, what does that look like? What Salt did was it changed a conversation for me. Okay, and it started being a, a question of like, what does it look like to address some mm. of the actual problems going on in in your city? Right. Yeah. Oh, are That's we talking a big about that? Question to ask. Yeah. <laughs> like what? What would it be like if Christians were known uh, for what they were for instead of what they were against? And if you really believe God hasn't changed, how would that impact your life? Sure. And so for for me, um, those questions really started challenging my faith and making me say, okay, I want to look at this differently. So I think of salt as a little bit different from a lot of leadership training. Some leadership trainings talk about your personality style or, you know, your leadership style. Salt has a lot more uh, focus on uh, Christian leaders, people uh, who really are trusting uh, that God has made them and sent them uh, to be part of the solution. Okay. And so what does that look like? And I think that that's the big question as leaders uh, and that they're trying to... Yeah. Yeah. To look at, yeah. So it's been an interesting, I guess, four years you've been here then. An amazing four years. I love Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah, I love this place. Uh, I mean, great people. Yeah. uh, Great impact. Uh, I didn't know some of the people, you know, like Marcus Jackson, uh, Les Thomas, who you interviewed. Shout out Lemon Drop. Uh, (laughs) I still laugh at that. Oh, he loved that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would love to see him on. When he explained talking about like singing in... You know, uh, he's so talented. I can't what he was talking about, but singing where he was on, you know, on deployment, I would have loved to be in that room. Oh yeah, just yeah. To see the look on their face and have his general just like that was really cool. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, he's incredible. But, yeah, total legend. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, like now, uh, four years later, Oklahoma City is just 
it, it's, it's a place that I really care a lot about. I think it's underrated and yeah. overlooked. Um, but a lot of people are, are making changes here. Yeah. And that's exciting. I, yeah. I like the underrated overlooked feeling though. Mm, right? Yeah. Like you, you still, it's still like, Oh, we're kind of still, even though people are starting to discover us and there's yeah. more national press coming in with, you know, 20 yeah. C or whatever it is that are getting into the news. Mm-hmm. It's still nice to have the underdog feeling in there. Yeah. Like it's we know what we like, have here. Yeah. It's, discovered it yet. it's like March madness, Cinderella yeah. team. Sure. You know, like who doesn't want to be a 16 seed or a yeah. 12 seed and, you know, pull off a big upset. So about our, you know, talk about our mutual friend Les. Have you seen him in action at a ball game? I have not seen Les in, in action. Yeah, up there. yeah. It's I seen him at OSU football games, but not like in the arena for basketball. And I'm kind of excited for for that first time of like seeing it actually happen. Sure. Uh, because like you, you, Les is like, I mean. He's like napalm on fire, right? I mean, just like, <laughs> yes. boom, like like there's yeah. this explosion of joy right. like when he walks into a room. And so, you know, I can't imagine what that's like in front of, you know, 60,000 fans at a, at a football game or, you know, basketball game. So I'm excited to see that soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So back up a little bit. Grew mm-hmm. up in Utah. Yeah. Um, Utah's beautiful. I haven't been out there. It's gorgeous, actually, I said I yeah. flew into Utah and connect, okay. connected coming home this Salt year. Salt Lake City. It was amazing. Yeah. Flying in like. The mountains look amazing. It's a hidden it's, jewel. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. Why can't my layover be three days and I can yeah. stay and go explore? Uh, but so born and raised Utah? Born and raised Utah. Well, okay. So born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. Uh, lived there for one month. Um, moved to Port Huron, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Lived at, yeah, lived there for four years. Moved to Columbia, Missouri. Lived there for eight years. And then why moved so to, many, why moose yeah, dad was a pastor. And so, okay. yeah, it just kind of came yeah, yeah. with the, with the yeah. trade. Uh, and so then we moved to, to Logan, Utah. Incredible place. Just yeah. uh, gorgeous. Some of the, you know, some of my friends from, from high school, just amazing people. Um, and, and then came down here to, to Oklahoma Christian. And, yeah. uh, yeah, so I've been in, in Oklahoma, uh, so you go since, from Utah yeah. and a beautiful mountain to come to Oklahoma Christian. Like there's not a mountain. It's yeah. Like it wasn't the weather or the scenery awful. that, that no. sold me on it. But, um, yeah, man, the people here, the people are pretty amazing. Good campus at OC. Good campus. Good campus. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I tell people this, uh, it was, like the people in, in Oklahoma are friendly. Now you're Welsh. Yeah. Okay. Um, geography. How far is, is Welsh from, um, from Ireland uh, or Wales from, from Wales Ireland? from Ireland? I mean, take me, I mean, I can be there in a 30 minute flight or not, you know, it's not far. Okay. It doesn't so, take, it's like going from here to Dallas. I was in Ireland a couple of years ago okay. and I describe Ireland as the Oklahoma of the UK. Sure. Um, friendly people love food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have a distrust of outsiders. Oh, 100%. So what, yeah. I, I, I thought in, in Oklahoma, if, you, if they were friendly to you, you were automatically in. Right. But it's friendly to everybody. But like yeah. it takes a while. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad I came in in college. It's a weird. Th- it is a weird thing, though, yeah. isn't it? Because you're like, they're, re- they're being really nice to me. Why are they being so nice? <laughs> and that was my initial reaction yeah. when I first came here. I'm like, everyone's just so nice. What What's their angle? Yeah. What do they want? What are they trying to get at kind of right. thing? And then it just, you're right, it takes time to actually, you yeah. know, and some and friends of mine will t- have told me, you know, yeah, we were really nice to you at the start because that's how we are. But then it took a, took a while for us to actually like, like you and like <laughs> want to be around you. I'm like, well, thanks. You know, you made me feel welcome, but you really didn't like me. And then it takes So it was months. like, yeah. was, it, was it real? Was it not? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, I thought we were like best friends from day one, <laughs> you know, which like we are best friends now. But, you know, turns out that it took a yeah. while to... 
which that can be really hard to get over and get used to, can't it? Because it's kind of a false sense of, hey, we're best friends, but yeah, but once, we haven't figured you out yet. When you are friends, though, like... Oh, you're in. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're really in. It's solid, yeah. yeah. It can take a little while, yeah. though. Yeah. So do you go to OC, like, when why you come to Oklahoma City? Was there other... There must have been other places for you to look yeah. at, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like like I said, Oklahoma's usually a flyover, right? Sure. And so, yeah. Um, so growing up, um, my dad always went to... Uh, he, he went to a church conference from like 79 on and it was in Tulsa uh-huh. and um, he, he described it in such a way. I mean, I, I would have thought we were going to, to Disneyland, you know, it was just like he went to the Tulsa workshop. Like yeah. this is like this amazing thing. And so, you know, looking back on it, I think like, you know, he's he's just an inspirational guy. Amazing guy. Um, really believes in people. Always just. Sure. Uh, challenging you to, to dream big dreams. And I think part of it is he's just like really wanting to inspire you, you know? Yeah. So, so we're going to, to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm finally 12. He wouldn't take us until we were 12. Cause he'd say, I'm not going to babysit you. Well, yeah. we pull up at this conference in Tulsa and it is going to be Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he hands me like this little memo notebook. Like we're talking like, like you know, one of those little ones. Uh, and he says, now, I'm not going to babysit you, but there's a lot to learn here. So, son, <laughs> take a lot of notes. <laughs> and little do I know yeah. that for the next three days, it is preacher after preacher after uh, preacher, like an hour at yeah. a time. And I'm like, what have I gotten tricked into? Right. You know, like you said that this thing was amazing. And, uh, you know, but but some of those guys there uh, ended up impacting my my sure. life in such a way. And it was uh, it was just didn't, uh, re- it, didn't realize how cool that moment was at the time. At the time, you're 12 years old and you're like this is the worst thing for me right now. I've been giving a notepad and I have to listen to every guest speaker there is and take notes. Yeah. 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 You know, I, even in that moment though, like I had a very clear moment. I, I still remember, um, a guy who ended up being a mentor and, um, I ended up be, becoming friends with his grandkids mm-hmm. and, um, his name is Marvin Phillips. And at the time I, you know, he's in his 60s, 70s, something like, like that. Yeah. But I remember sitting in in a room and there were probably like 9,000 people in there and he was up there speaking. And he was one of those people that it didn't matter what he was doing. He just like he had a smile on his face. You yeah. just felt good around him. And uh, I remember thinking as he spoke, we were like up in, in the rafters. Right. And I was like, man, what would that be like? Like, oh, and, and, and I started dreaming like, man, yeah. I'd love to be up on a stage speaking to to crowds of people. And then panic just hit me like the idea of the like that many people you, yeah because yeah. i was kind of shy even right. at, at 12 like in large groups it was it was terrifying yeah. but i do remember feeling really inspired there at that time yeah, yeah. there's um yeah that's amazing watching and i kind of had like i have that similar feeling right with you know you see someone on stage you see someone that's very yeah. good at what they do they look very comfortable up there they're naturally can be good communicators they hit every point they want to hit and yeah. the crowd loves it and goes nuts like I want to do that one day, mm. right? Or I just yeah. want to have that experience or, you know, what's it like to do that? Yeah. But then I think it goes back to what we were talking earlier, right? Of like, you know, that instant, you know, they've kind of reached what they want to do, right? It doesn't show you they've been in the practice room or they've been speaking to a mirror, themselves in a mirror for 10 hours to perfect what they do and that certain speech, sermon, whatever it is that they're giving, 
right? We don't see that. We only see the finished product on stage. And I'm like, that's the stuff that I want. And I did a talk a couple of months ago. And I'm like, mm. now I understand it more because I grafted, you know, and I mm -hmm. put in some time, put in practice for a week solid because it was my first one and I was right. nervous. And I was still shaking and nervous when I did it. Just how was 30. it? It was awesome. I yeah. loved it. But yeah. it was just got that buzz, right? You get that feeling. From it's incredible. Like, I just spoke in front of 40 people and it's like the biggest thing I've ever done. Oh, I love and it. And then you do it to like, I don't know, you know, what Marvin was doing or to mm -hmm. what Les does in front of 60,000 yeah. people. You're like, that must be, un it must be just unbelievable. And it's amazing. Like when you look back on the process, um, you know, I, I had, a I had a friend a, a couple of years ago point out to me, he's, you know, a little bit wiser and uh, 50, 55 sure. years old. And, and, and he said, a lot of you, a lot of you young guys are looking for the moment when yeah. everything makes sense. And then you step forward. Um, usually preparation comes through process. And, you know, as a, as a golfer, I, I know you understand that yeah. my golf game is terrible, uh, which is why I just don't play. Uh, but there's that consistency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was in, in high school, I actually started loving the art of public speaking. Right. But I, I started loving it because of that workshop. And then I would come back and uh, yeah. my dad starts handing me cassette tapes. He started doing this when I was 14. He starts handing me cassette tapes of speakers. And I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> right. I got this. I can but do this. Yeah. yeah. When, when I was 16, I had a chance to speak in front of some kids at a church camp. Yeah. And I loved it. And it was like a buzz, but also like, um, one kid, uh, gave her life to, to Christ. And I was like, man, that's like, I couldn't even believe that, you know, I could right. be used to, to help serve somebody along the, the way. And so, um, I come back and my dad hands me a cassette tape and I start listening to it. And yeah. over the next couple of years, um, I'm just listening to cassette tapes and my senior year, I'm listening to them like Kobe Bryant studies film. I mean, it's like yeah. four nights a week. I'm listening to, to these tapes and I think it's normal. Right. Just like my buddy, uh, Brian, who I told you about, like with TEDx. Uh, yeah. So, so Brian, you know, he, he grows up like doing this thing where he's like shipping stuff from uh, China and, you know, making orders happen. And he thinks that's normal. Yeah. And it turns out we connect at the salt um, retreat and we're in class to, together. And all of those things that were in the background of preparation and then some of the coaching that mm -hmm. I received along the way prepared me to even be able to play a part in, you know, coaching speakers there and being able to, to yeah. be on stages later and speak. And so um, that's as time has gone on, that's been where I found like the real joy sure. is not just in that moment on stage. The real joy is in craft. Yeah. It's like yeah, getting I, better at it, you know? And it's almost, and I'm sure, and people have said this in the past before as well, it's like that moment that you've done it, it's kind of like, yeah, it's great for a couple of seconds, but also it's like, now what's next? Like now yeah. it's like kind of yeah. exciting that you have to start again and build another, mm, and yeah. prepare another speech for something else. Yeah. Uh, what book that I've been reading recently, I've read it five, six times. I absolutely love it. It's called Relentless by Tim, by Tim Grover. Yes. I'm reading that. My wife's reading it right okay. now. It's I, it's one of the best books in the world. I'm reading it, but I say I, I'm reading it. Like I, I started reading it a month ago. Yeah. I finish it. As soon as I finish it, I started it again. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm reading it's it on, fantastic. on a Libby. I listened to it back to back Yeah, and then I bought it because mm -hmm. that book, I mean, yeah. that idea of, of obsession over craft right. is something that we don't talk a, about, you know, a, a whole lot. Yeah, we don't do we? Yeah. And then we talk about like, 
you know, I think everybody, and his big thing is, right, is coolers, closers, and cleaners, right? Mm, and yeah. there's not very many cleaners in the world. Yeah. The ones that there are, like, they just, they're in and out, and you don't even notice it kind of thing. And obviously he, him, people listening, you don't know what the book is, Tim Grover was Kobe, Dwayne Wade, and Michael Jordan's fitness coach. True cleaners. True cleaners. Yeah. As well as a bunch of other guys that he kind yeah. of doesn't names and doesn't name, but... I mean, and that what a position that guy's in as well to help prepare, you know, what was it? I think one of the great stories now is preparing Dwayne Wade for the finals night when they beat Oklahoma yes. City. Oh, yeah. And like that whole story. It's a great story, but it's kind of a... a kind of like, oh, that's yeah, how you like, beat us? Oh, great, man, that's, thanks. <laughs> yeah. It was you, Tim Grover? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but those, you know, that's, that's a great book for everyone listening. They need to, they need to read that book just yeah. to hear them because it's... And it challenges awesome. you. You know, yeah, for, it really does. for me, it really, one of my colleagues, Zach, uh, he says often, uh, opinions are cheap Yeah, and I think opinions are cheap and also talk is cheap. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we can often lead with the idea of our words and, you know, talking a big game matters, but th- the further I go along, it's, mm-hmm. it's truly the people who don't just like enjoy the moment, but it's the craft. Like I'm waking up early for this. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I am dedicated to this and I understand that there's a price to pay in Mm -hmm. the process and there's a sacrifice there. And when you have that kind of passion for something, when you have that kind of commitment for, for something, um, that's something I'm trying to grow in. If somebody said to, to me, hey, yeah, like I'm a cleaner, I'd probably say probably not. You're out, yeah, because clean, cleaners would don't like to, they don't know that, that. That's like what you mentioned earlier. That's normal to what you were doing by listening to those tapes yeah, like, or <laughs> doing whatever it is. Like, that's normal and that's just normal to them. It's who they are. Yeah, you just. Like, I love the bit in the book where he, him and Michael, after a game, Michael would say to him, you know, he'd say to Michael, five, six, or seven. And uh, yeah. that meant what time they were getting in the gym in the next morning, depending on how well the game went. Yeah. But. In that mind switch as well, like one of the one of my favorite ones on this is, um, I, I think we should take time to celebrate. Yeah, a lot of times we, we don't, but also celebration has its limits, and so part of celebrating really well, yeah, is also being able to say done next, right? And when you say done next, you don't have to obsess over what just happened. Mm-hmm. Instead. It's just a step in the process. Yeah. And ultimately, I think it's about who you're becoming. Yeah. And Michael would always hold up an extra finger, right? Oh, he, man. I, I love that, that too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, you know, they won four championships. He'd hold up five for the next one and that, like that kind of thing as well. Like that's, I mean, he's that's why he is amazing and who he is. But there's a lot of people that just can't do that. There's a lot of people that just can't keep up with that pace. Even if they love what they do, like that's, that's in seriously intense work. It's incredible. Right. And I think that that's part of it. Like you, so I was in Switzerland a couple of years ago. I was on the, on the trip when I ended up in, in Ireland as well. One of the things that, that stood out to me is how underspoken every person I was, uh, every person I met was about their gifting. Mm-hmm. You know, the Swiss, are incredible, like in, in the things that they make. I'm not just talking Swiss yeah. army knife or whatever, but I mean, the transport as well. Yeah. It's unreal. Like they are known for excellence. And so in that culture, the more I was there, it was like, 
yeah, excellence is just what we do. Just a standard to them. Yeah. Mm. And so I'd be like, wow, this is really amazing. And they get quiet about it. And then I thought like sometimes there's such a difference, you know, in in our culture where we might not even be at a point of of excellence, but we'll talk like we're an expert. And it's like, hold on, wait. Yeah. It takes a long time. You know, I I loved when um, when when they talked about Kobe, um, talked about his his passion and his, his 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 focus in that he would watch game film and he would watch so much film that in a game he couldn't be surprised. Because yeah. he had looked at every single angle. And so clearly teachable. Because when, when you're at that level, you're hungry, you're yeah. teachable, you're always learning. But then somebody said, uh, can you learn anything from some of these younger guys on, on the USA team? And he said, no. No. <laughs> you think about it because yeah. he's gone through so much more than what they've gone through. Right. Uh, now, that's not to, to say I don't think we, we should remain teachable at all points in, in life. But also there's a principle there uh, of just yeah. he knew the standard that he held himself to mm-hmm. and the time he had put in. And that at that point, it was very hard to, to, uh, to yeah, catch him. You yeah. can't compete. You can't compete with that experience, right? Like you can't go out and get more experience than he has right now. or he had at that point. Yeah. So you, you have to be like, I mean, yes, you've done everything. You've watched more fake game film than anybody else. So yes, I will listen to what you say. I don't have anything to learn from you, but mm. it wasn't interesting when he said in that interview in the book as well, he's like, no, like, they learn from me now. Yeah. Like I'm the granddad, basically, of the dad of the team. Um, and I think, was it Nash, Steve Nash, who came there? And he's like, you know, he's on my team now. Like, this is my team. <laughs> this is my said. team. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, how are you guys going to play together? He's yeah. like, this is my team. He's going to yeah. learn how to play with me. Yeah. But, I mean, what, I mean, all of them, like, they were amazing at what they did because they were obsessed, mm. right? And in a good way. I mean, there's other ways to get obsessed in bad things and you can go down a dark hole. Yeah. Many people can and many people have. Which Tim Grover talks about that. I mean, like, and, you know, I try when when I'm reading any book, uh, eat the fish, leave the bones, Mm -hmm. have a posture of like of teachability from anything. Um, Not going to agree with with everything. Right. But Tim Grover, I mean, there's a lot of good in there. I love at the end Mm -hmm. when he talked about coming home. And that when he comes home uh, and the impact of his family yeah. and how just his family makes sure that he doesn't give himself to the dark side of competition, right. uh-huh. but that he lives um, in light and truth yeah. and all of that. And that yeah. the one thing that like floors him is his daughter. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, like, he's like, I will do anything. Like, you know, like that's the one thing that like his mm. thing that he just can't control or whatever. Like she mm. is just, you know with all the other people that he has and all the big figures that he's and all the personalities and, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the statue of the people that, that he's coached and done things. Mm. His daughter's the one that kind of brings him to his knees. And it's like, I will do anything that you do kind of thing, which is quite, it's quite, I am not a father. I don't, I don't have any kids, but same. you know, like I can imagine why, right? Like yeah, why it is like that. I think that that's, you know, while we want to do things with, with excellence, like at the end of the day, yeah. Um, it's about people, you know, it's about family. It's about, it's about life. Yeah. And, um, so bringing that back into balance because when it's not, you know, it can yeah. just, you can end up in, in a world of trouble in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but life is, is pretty short and, you know, I think even Kobe's passing, uh, has yeah. kind of been an alarm clock 
that's been ringing and waking a lot of us up, reminding us, right. uh, like you have one go around in this life. <laughs> yeah. And so you really do and want to max it's out. So hard to grasp mm-hmm. still, you know, yeah. like, you know, you could tell that you could say the same thing to, to people every day. Yeah. Like you gone, like you, you know, you, hmm. one time basically. Right. Yeah. And people still, I mean, I struggle with it too. Like I, take you take things for granted you take days off or you don't do something you put something off like it's i think it's really hard to switch your mind into something that like every single minute second counts yeah because like i'm it's ticking i'm running out of time regardless of when that clock does fall off the wall like it's it's always ticking isn't it so that's that's something i've struggled to with trying to realize have you kind of found the same thing too yeah i, I think i think it, when you're older you get used you get more into it right but when you're younger you're just like no what? Yeah, there's something about it too that's it's beautiful. Like when when you really think about what that can entail. Yeah. Um by that I mean that um okay, so like if if life is short and if you know that the clock is ticking, in a way it puts the pressure on. Mm-hmm. But in a way it also kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off because it reminds you like I'm one of many. Yeah. Like billions of people. And so for some reason, I'm fortunate enough to be breathing. For some reason, like I'm still here. Yeah. For some reason. And, and so, you know, as, as a believer, like I believe that, that that's just, you know, God giving me an opportunity uh, to continue to live and yeah. make much of, make much of him in life. Uh, love, love people hopefully really well. <laughs> yeah. Make an impact. Yeah. Um, but also like a reminder that at the end of the day, like I'm going to have just such a short window of time when I look back, sure. you know, I was hanging out with my grandparents during the, the holidays and you know, my, my grandpa, uh, I think he's 97 now, uh, world war two vet. And That's so, great. you know, yeah. he's, he, he is truly an incredible, um, yeah, like life is short. And so it's like, even the moments I had with him, you know, when I was eight mm. and we, you know, we go outside and play and, and, you know, all of those Throw things a ball around, whatever it's it is, totally yeah. different now. Right. You know? And so, um, it's special. Mm-hmm. It's special. And so I, I hope that we, um, make the most of, of even these kind of moments, right? you know, maybe microphones right here, but like, yeah. uh, I think it's C.S. Lewis. He said, you're never talking to a mere mortal. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking to somebody <laughs> that has like eternal aspects to them. And it's just like, wow, yeah. that's incredible. Like just talking right. to just you thinking, right yeah. now, it's like, wow, this is significant. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it takes, you have to step back. Don't even really think about it and put yeah. it in and like, okay, like this, you know, cause if you don't, it's just like, mm. Oh, whatever. It's not no big deal. Yeah. You know, you're just punching a time clock. You're coming in, you're doing, you could be doing a podcast like we are now. And yeah, yeah. now you're going to do something else. So it just all adds up and you don't even think about it. Yeah. When you get down to the real stuff, you're like, Oh, that, that could, that is a moment. That could mm. be a moment. Uh, and you know, and I'm sure you've had, you've met people yeah. the first time you sit down with someone, you know, or a mentor that you have now, you just sit with them and like, Oh, cool. You just had a coffee you have a chat and mm. you may not see what's going on bef- after that. But in 20, 30 years time, you look back on that moment you're like, Whoa, like that's when we first met each other. And now we have this huge like connection yeah. and this huge like mentorship thing. And now we've all done this cool thing together. Mm. Like 
no, you don't know that in the time, do you? But just having that awareness to realize that this actually could lead to something. Every every moment you meet someone could lead to something greater and impacting more lives. And whether it's impacting just mm. one person or if it's speaking in front of 9,000 and impacting yeah. 10 of those, whatever it is. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, it gets gets real when you start thinking about it, for sure. See, I uh, I started to wake up every morning and just realize that, like, today's a new day. What am I going to do today to, like... Oh, that's beautiful. You know, like, yesterday's gone. Yesterday, I've done what I've done yesterday. It doesn't matter now. You know, what do I do today that that may be built on, built on from what I did yesterday, but also, like, you know, new connection, a new day, a new opportunity is a great way to put it, right? And you've created something, I mean, even right, right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Oklahoma. Like, this... It, it is ironic you not oh, being so from ironic. here. Yeah, I think that's probably why people want me to do it is because they listen to me talk all the time. But the funny thing is I interview people. I don't talk. I let them speak Yeah, for the most part. But I mean, like, creating a podcast, Yeah, that's about stories. You're telling us in this that people matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's sometimes, like, the thing that we forget. I think sometimes people forget that they matter. Right. And it's like, no, like (laughs) you matter. I I know I've, I've had plenty of times when I've rushed past people, when I've treated people like they didn't matter. Um, Yeah. But I think in, in life, like one of the things that I really want to be about, and it's something you just talked about as, as well is like, you know, life is, is opportunity filled. Mm -hmm. It's opportunity rich. Or sometimes like life is, um, life is all about a deficit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and life is about, um, kind of ever decreasing resources and ever decreasing hope. I just don't believe that. Like there, there is a lot of pain and suffering. Um, and I've got some, some friends who have been through some things that are just the fact that they're still in the game is incredible. Yeah. I'll also say that life and the opportunity that they have to impact people is unbelievable mm-hmm. because when they show up after all of that pain, I mean, I, sometimes yeah. it's almost like when you've been through more, like you have a bigger resume for being used by, by 100%. God, by just having an impact in, in life. And, and I think like a lot of, a lot of people, uh, it creates in them an empathy that is right. It's unparalleled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, you, you, there's so many people and people that we yeah. know who've gone through bad things and they've come out the right side of it. They've battled through it, mm. you know, and the, the light, you know, the things that they do now. And you're like, how are you the person you are because of all this? Like, yeah. How are you not like, you know, in jail or done something really bad because of your upbringing or, you know, just like, Sitting in sitting in your apartment somewhere, you know, just huddled up in a ball because of the things you've been through. Yeah, how are you able to walk out in front of a crowd or talk to people and impact people? Like that's it takes it's more to more for a person like that than it is for someone who's just gone cruise through life, right? That hasn't had any yeah. struggles. And I think a lot a lot of people who are successful, right, have mm-hmm. gone through really tough upbringings or really tough things in life. Mm-hmm. And it's finding like I try and I. I've been very fortunate. I've never really had something bad happen in my life. Yeah, I've moved to the States and it was miserable for me moving away from my home. But that's in the grand scheme of things, that's not hard. You know, like I haven't had any significant family Mm. issues or whatever it is that's gone on. And I would say I have kind of cruised. Mm. 
And I didn't realize that until four or five years ago. I'm like, I've never had like a serious, like, you know, hardship to go through, right? I never had mm. to grow and work through something. So I would try and find things that made like that are miserable to do every day. Not every single day, but like I re I Friday, by the time this goes out, I would have done it. But I signed up for a 31 mile ultra marathon last October. And you what? Right? Yeah, exactly. Ultra marathon, 31 miles in Stillwater. It's f this Friday. Oh, it's this Friday. Yeah. And you're here. And I'm here. So it's in two days. So it'll, it'll, by the time we've this has gone out, hopefully I was survived and I would have ran. Way to go, miles. man. Talking about um, taking life by like, the horns. But wow. that I, was, that I had to find things that would push me out of my comfort zone to make me like do things that were uncomfortable to yeah. figure out how to grow. You know, it's there's no way you're going to simulate like the pain and suffering that someone has gone through with mm. like family or whatever it is or somebody dying. But I'm like, how can I go do that? That's equally, I, I mean, not equally, but I don't want to run 31 miles. I don't think anyone does. I'm not a runner. I play golf. But how can I push myself and figure out who I really am by putting myself in that position of, this is going to be torture for 31 miles up and down the back roads of mm. Stillwater and, you know, the country or whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm worried after Friday's race to be like done next, <laughs> you know, like, done next, next is, uh, what, next is know? probably ice. Right. <laughs> next yeah, is maybe like, like a, like a hot Iron tub yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Ice bath for sure. Yeah, but yeah. like, you know, it's like done next. What do I do? But like, oh, that was man. one thing that I, that I was like, I need to get out of my comfort zone yeah. to like, push myself to do whatever it is and find out who I really am by putting myself in that position. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I realized that I might not be at the end of the race, <laughs> but let me know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. But that was one thing that I kind of would, as someone who has kind of cruised to now, mm. you know, it's, that was one thing that I was like, I need to go and find, I need to figure out who I am as a person and do that so I can grow. Yeah. Rather than just be, yeah, this is fine, this is great. So that when something, at adversity does come up, I've gone through something like that. I think that's significant. You know, my friend Zach Sumner, uh, he works with us here at, at SALT. And Zach said to me one time, he said, pain is truth. Mm -hmm. I think that's, there's something really profound in that. Like yeah. he says things and, you know, just you hear it and then like, a day later, it kind of comes back, and then like a week later, it's like that all all the time. Like, <laughs> it oh, keeps my, growing that on is you. Really like, deep. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, but pain is truth mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, you find out who you are in the process. Uh, you find out what you're capable of. You find out what you're not capable of, and so it's exciting and says that you're you're a cleaner <laughs> like yeah. to, to say hey right. uh i think what what i want in in life is i just kind of want to push myself to find Be out what's possible yeah. yeah yeah one of my and the reason i did sign up for it is because i watched a few david goggins videos <laughs> and i'm like yeah this guy runs 100 miles or he just run like 240 miles in a few days and i'm like you know what 51 31 miles doesn't sound too bad i'll do it yeah and I listened to a bunch of his podcasts and mm. one of the things I love what he says is um, being uncommon amongst uncommon men. So that's what he said. Like wow. when he went to the Navy SEALs, he was like, he was common among them. Like he was uncommon around his normal Navy, yeah. whatever. And then he goes to the SEALs and he's like, okay, how do I be uncommon amongst these people? Mm. And then just kind of, so you're always, wherever, whatever next level you get to, like you've always got to be the uncommon one. 
You know, speaking of of Navy SEALs, I've been reading Jocko Willink's book, uh, uh, Extreme Ownership. Yeah. And it's a really good audio book that is too. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Is, yeah. Really good. Yeah. When, they kind of narrate and figure When I it say out. reading, it's often audio book, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Get that while you're working out yeah, or, yeah. It, you know, one of the things that, that Jocko, um, talks about in, in a different area though, uh, I think it's a video on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the idea of something being good. And he, you know, there, there's a guy who's working, uh, for him right. and every, every time something falls apart, he says to him, good. And it's the idea, you know, usually we yeah. respond with, oh no, this is terrible. But in that like context of extreme ownership, uh, in that, um, what is it? It's, it's from suffering comes perseverance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and as you go forward, like that's actually going to work for your good. Right. If you don't give up, (laughs) if you'll just stay in it, if you'll stay locked in, like there is a ton of pain, Mm -hmm. but that's bringing something that's beautiful on the other side. Yeah. So it's good. Do you listen to that audio book like on plus one or plus one and a half? Because I can't listen to him normally because he talks very slow. It's like a nine hour, you turn a nine hour podcast into a or nine hour audio book into a three hour one. If you just speed him up a little bit, cause he, he's yeah. really slow. I like most books on double speed. Yeah. I have, I, I had Tim Grover at one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I listened to Jocko at 1.25. Yeah. And then when Leif Babin talks, I think I slow it down to one cause I can't understand yeah. him when you speed yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. But two, I mean, it's a great book for sure. Yeah, and I think this other one is the is a dichotomy of leadership. Something like I haven't that. read that I one yet. No, I have it same, yeah. but I think yeah, I, I love his. Uh, he's quite funny. He's a good follow on Instagram as well. He's hilarious. I love on on Twitter. You know, just you know, he's got his, his full thing yeah, yeah, every day. Boom! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about his Instagram following. You know, he's just like this is my watch. This is my accountability. Yeah. Gonna, which is, I'm scared to do that. Maybe I'll have, maybe that'll be my next done for a month. Like, hey, can I get up at 4.30 every day and go run or go work out and stuff? Yeah, 31 miles and then, yeah. yeah just There's another guy, uh, Cameron Haynes. Do you follow his stuff? I don't. Uh, he's kind of like, he runs a marathon a day. What? He works, yeah, he's like into bow hunting and all this kind of stuff. But he wakes up at 2.45, goes to run 18 miles and then goes to work. Goes, works 9 to 5 and then. Man. There are some just, people, just freaks, you know, right? Not freaks, but just like yeah. these guys are just brain switches a little different. Goes and runs, you know, like a. And people eight, in your yeah. life are like, Mike, you're really intense, and you're like, yeah. no, actually, I'm let like, me introduce you to a guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny when you know uh, you, we were talking about someone yeah. who's who's done an Ironman, you know, uh, lost a bunch of weight and done an Ironman. There's a great documentary on Netflix called Iron Cowboy. Have you I seen this guy? I, no. Oh, so he basically, his name's James Lawrence, and he wanted, he was raising money and setting records around the world, and he'd set like a bunch of records and stuff. Mm. And he's like, mm. I need to do something now that's crazy, that's never been done before. Yeah. What if I do an Iron Man every single day in every single state in what, 51 days, however many states there are? 50 days. I think it was, wow. yeah, 50, sorry, 50 days, 50 states, 50 Iron Mans. So he's on the road. He bikes 100 miles. Yeah, I think it's swims, was it? It's like 142, I think, miles total. I think it's the whole thing. What a beast. Every day for 50 days while he's in his camper van driving around mm. the state. It's crazy. It's a great, great Netflix episode. Uh, Netflix documentary is about an hour long. Um, that's just like, and the crazy thing is he gets faster. Yeah. Which is mental. So 
here's a question. And I know like normally you're the one asking questions, but it's yeah. not a problem. Oh, perfect. Okay. Do you find more from, from that kind of a story where somebody just every day goes and does that? Mm-hmm. Or do you find more inspiration and hope? So I, I, I was telling you about Amy Downs. Yeah. Uh, who shout out has a book. Hope is a verb. Go pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredible. It really is. But Amy Downs, um, she's in the Oklahoma city bombing. Um, she's a survivor in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it happened, she was a teller at the credit union. And, uh, at the time she weighed 355 pounds and was a teller, mm-hmm. went through so much in that experience, grief, loss, and everything else. And then one day, uh, decided mm-hmm. that she was going to pursue some, some things in life. And Amy goes on this, on this journey and she goes from being the teller to being the CEO of that credit union. And she goes from being, you know, yeah, uh, somebody who, as she talked about, um, isn't doing a lot of physical activity. And now she goes and does an Ironman. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like, it's crazy to me. I like, there are people who I see such a significant change and you're mm-hmm. like, how is that even possible? And so, um, I guess my, my question for, for you is like, do you find yourself, um, reading more stories and looking for more stories of extreme transformation? Or do you find yourself looking for more stories of just somebody who's done it the same for like 30 years? I like the transformation side Mm, of things because it's more of like, that's, that was a normal person. That was an everyday normal person who worked nine to five, who just time punched in every day, wasn't really going anywhere. And then they just have this awareness and awakeness that like, I'm going to go do something great. And that's something that, like, I think Goggins did it, right? He was, yeah. like, 300-something pounds or whatever and was spraying for cockroaches. It's incredible. And watches, like, a comes home and watches a TV show about Navy SEALs and he's like, I want to be one of those, and then does that, you know, the whole story about him doing that doesn't take, doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Um, and the, the the James Lawrence guy was the same. His uh, I think his wife just signed him up for a marathon one day hmm. or signed him up for a 5K, and he barely finished, crossed the finish line, and now he's done 50 and 50 you know, 50 Ironmans, 50 States kind of thing. But I get more from that yeah. yeah, than the person who's just naturally an athlete. and Or naturally has had that mindset. Had that drive mindset. It's just yeah. incredible when somebody, yeah. you know, flips a switch. Right. It's the, natu- it's the transformation it is. Because I think that gives your everyday person more hope and more, you know, oh, I can yeah. do that. Why not? You know, there's a guy, um, Charlie Jabbly is his name. Um, he... Uh, he was like uh, a from a young age. He was always he called himself CEO Charlie from a young age. He'd go to school, go to school. CEO Charlie, yeah, he'd go to school in a suit, carry a briefcase. Like when he was in school and stuff, always knew he was going to make money. Wow! And he ended up like being like Two Chains' manager, right? Like made a ton of money. Like was manager of Two Chains the rapper. Did all this stuff. Was no way. extremely overweight. Made a you know he was a millionaire, but unhealthy and he had this mind switch or he woke up one morning and passed out he had a brain tumor or whatever and that's another story of him he quit everything stopped music business and his dream was to become a nike athlete so was going to go for run and be a nike athlete and all this stuff and he goes on this huge transformation diet everything moves out does an iron man and like bikes across america so he jumped on his bike and like had a team and rode across America, does an Iron Man, and now he I think he was he made his own night commercial. So like he, he had it professionally filmed and then like 
two weeks later, Nike aired it and were like, yeah, like he, he actually came and af- became a Nike no athlete. Way. And he was on, do you remember that? Um, the really kind of, con- not controversial, but the the uh, Nike commercial that they did that had Kaepernick and it was just after Kaepernick had did the whole knee thing. He, he was quite, they were quite pushing the boat out by having him on it recently. He was in that commercial as well. So that's another story from going from like, but that's someone who wasn't naturally driven and successful yeah. and made a ton of money, but was unhappy and overweight that was like, I'm going to be a Nike athlete now and did, did the holes and lost a ton of weight. And like, you know, that's another crazy story. Um, yeah, I think his, his, uh, his, Insta- wow. his Instagram is just at Charlie, I think. Uh, just a blonde guy. And you see his before and after picture and you're like, that's a completely different mm. human being. But yeah, definitely back to your question. Like, I love the transformation story because it's, you know, it, there's no reason why you can't do it, regardless of you don't need money to work out. You know, you just do you have your internet connection? Yes. Well, YouTube some videos and do some body weight yeah. stuff in the house. It's going to suck. Yeah, of course it is. But, you know, or anyone learning a language, whatever it is, like you can do it. There's nothing stopping you doing it, right? Unless you're in a really bad situation, you're locked up in a, in a room somewhere and no one gives mm. you food or water, yeah. right? Like, there is opportunity out there. It's just having that awareness to be like, I have this, I can do it. So I love that stuff though. I, I, I watch those videos all day. You, you would come out watching a video like that and you're like, I am going to run through a wall. You yeah. know, I'm going to go run a marathon right now. I'm going to go sign up for something. And then that's, but after you do that, that's when it starts, right? Because that's what happened to me. I watched the David Goggins video. I'm like, I'm going to go sign up for an ultra marathon. Signed up. I'd run two half marathons before that, never a full and my first training runs, you know, I look at my training log and it's like four miles today, four tomorrow and doing this stuff. And then it's like, here we you know, go. Yeah. And you get into it. You know, the fours are okay. You get used to those. And so the big you just ones on the signed weekend. up. I just signed up in October last year, but I didn't. But what happened, the <laughs> what's you'll love this. Yeah. I signed up in October. It's March. The, so the date of the race is March 13th. Uh, and. I was out for six weeks over Christmas because I put a, I tripped in my garage back home and put a hole in my foot. Like I took me being an idiot, went out to grab something. You put a hole. I had a pun. Like all the way through? No, pretty close. I punctured a hole in my foot. I stood on something like the equivalent of an up to nail basically. And Mm. I I couldn't, you know, I couldn't run for six weeks. Oh, brutal. And during Christmas, which is the easiest food to eat, right? You Christmas, you there's everyone's cooking, and I got fat for six weeks basically because they run. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, you're right. It was that. Um, so yeah, I basically started proper training again in January. So I had like three months. So I've been running a lot. Let's say that. It's just amazing, um, man. So it's gonna be wow. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, I'm not not trying to break any records. I just want to finish and not crawl across the. I mean, if I have to, I will, but. Can I, I want to run across the finish. Finishing is the win. Yes, definitely. But yeah, one day, one day I'll probably do something else. It's the whole back to the relentless book done next. Like what's next? Done next. I, I think that there is something uh, special about the whole um, finishing is the win because, you know, as, as much as we all want to have that incredible story of transformation. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of us, when we look in, in the mirror and, and I think even probably the cleaners of, of society yeah. would, would say that even when, when they do all of those things at the end of the day, we're just our ourselves. Right. And, um, I think that that's why it's also special, uh, you know, somebody like Todd Vinson, 
who creates this incredible coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Before that, you know, builds Iote just as, as a coffee company. But then he, he builds this culture there. Sure. That's a safe space. It's a place where everyday people, mm-hmm. if you're a, a cleaner and you're locked in and you're trying to build some masterpiece, yeah. maybe you're just like trying to figure out what's, what's next in life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You may be, you know, wondering, how do I move forward? Um, people who are grieving. You, you, you meet so many different people in yeah. Iote, uh, in Coffee Slingers, in these great places here in, in Oklahoma City that remind us um, that even with, you know, if you have a, a relentless drive, at the end of the day, like, there's something kind of beautiful, mm-hmm. I'd say. There's something really beautiful yeah. to just raw, authentic humanity. Like, just people, man. Yeah. Like, does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I loved going back to Todd. Like, I loved when, before we even had the coffee shop, right? Mm. Every, every Thursday, they'd have that coffee kind of hang out at the roastery. And I'm like, I'm, I know I'm going here. I get, it's in the calendar every, from two to four, whatever it is. Yeah. It's in the calendar every single week because I meet someone different there every time. I think I met Ben Winter there the first time I went. Um, you know, he's building mm. an app. Like, wow. I don't know many people who are building apps. Ben is doing an app thing. Um, you know, and a bunch of other people who I'd ha- who led to me having on the podcast and stuff like that. And like, you never know who's going to walk mm. in. Right. Um, and, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. The guy who owns the, all the trucks, the doctor, I can't remember his name. Um, what was dresses really cool. He's a kid's doctor. One of Todd's really good friends who owned okay. the building. I think he owned the building. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's the comment? Oh, man, name? what is his name? Yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. If, I don't know if he's listening, but I apologize if he he's is. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, fantastic. Anyway, can't yeah. remember Lo- your name. Loves, but the, loves just, the Toyota trucks and the Overland Let's text thing. Todd real quick. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, oh, it's this guy. Okay. Um, so can can I throw another one at you? Yeah. Okay. I'm breaking all, all the Dude, rules. Dude, I, like, I never get interviewed, so I love Oh, this. perfect. Interview the interviewer. Um, all right. So. You, I mean, clearly, like when you're running ultra marathons, I think today, like in 2020, like the new business card is a podcast. So it's like, hey, yeah, I got a podcast going. <laughs> I've never had a business but, card. <laughs> Actually, I say that. I had one when I first got into real estate. And you do. Was, yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, an Apple podcast or Spotify yeah. or whatever. Uh, how many episodes in? Uh, recording this today, we've done 140. I've done 141. Okay. So like knowing the podcast uh, side of things and knowing you have business and everything else. I mean, these are relentless pursuits, right? Like you but have I, to stay I locked don't in. See it as that though. Okay. I, I, I guess my question though is like, do you have anything that's, you know, maybe it's, maybe it is this, this podcast, or maybe it's like on the, um, you know, real estate side or, but this is like your people might not know that like, this is the thing that you probably relentlessly obsess about mm-hmm. or you're completely enamored with like a creative process or, right. you know, something that is just yeah. caught your eye. I, I'm so yeah, it is the podcast. Yeah. Right. But okay. again, like I don't, I spend more time doing the podcast than I do doing real estate. I don't enjoy the sales side of real estate, which yeah. is why I started the podcast initially was to like, I'm going to build a community and I'm going to sell real estate to these people. Call Mike. And yeah, yeah, right. Basically, but it took me, I don't think I, it was when I recorded back to Todd. It was when I mm-hmm. did the podcast with Todd and we sat there, we recorded for an hour and a half and sat there for another hour and a half having coffee that I mm. realized that 
this is not about selling houses anymore. This is about sharing people's stories. And that's when that's I realized, beautiful. and I'm glad I realized it early on. Yeah. Because if I'd have been 50 episodes in and on the first 50 episodes, it's, you know, hey, this is the Mike Hearn mm. podcast. Come, you know, real estate agent, blah, blah, blah. Here's my income by yeah. me, you know, like I, I probably have to delete those episodes, <laughs> right? Um, luckily, I didn't ever put that on anyone. Um, and I won't in, I don't think I will in the future because it's mm. not, unless it's something, I mean, through crazy ideas in real estate, unless it's something of significant value. Mm. I'm not going to be like that sales type because it's just not who I am. Yeah. Now, weirdly, I've actually did made more money and sold more houses last year than I have previous two years because of the connections I've made from the podcast without even selling, without even verbally Incredible. saying. Which, when I got my tax bill recently, I was like, whoa, I really? Because I don't, I don't really look at it that much. I probably should, but <laughs> being like how much, you know, in the business account, I don't really look yeah. at it that much. And people listening, it's not a significant amount of money, <laughs> but it was just more than I'd made previously. And it was because of the connections I'd made, mm. right? It was not because, and I didn't go out and knock on doors. I didn't make any sales calls like most real estate agents do or, post terrible memes on Instagram that, yeah. you know, oh, Trump's now in, in office, everyone's moving to Canada, I can help you move. Whatever, <laughs> right? Like, that was, a, that was a big one. When, you know, four years ago, whatever uh. it was, like, <laughs> just cringe. But, um, and we've all done it. Uh, but, yeah, like, so the podcast for me was something that I just naturally took yeah. to. And then over time, like, I just love doing this. How can I make this now? How can I make This Is Oklahoma a brand? And how can I make it a business? because I love doing this. Like I could record for, I, I would love to be, and I've told this to a few people as well. Like when someone said, what's your goal with this? I'm like, I want to be the Joe Rogan of Oklahoma. Right. I like, love it. To that level, right. To yeah. that, like how many episodes he puts out now, am I going to sit down with someone for three hours? Maybe. I don't know. That's kind of his thing. Um, I know Jocko's podcast is also extremely <laughs> long, uh, but that depends on the guest, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, one mm -hmm. day, yes, I would love to have a studio. People come to me and, you know, we sit and record and I have an employee like Joe Rogan's Jamie that does everything. And, you know, I just kind of sit and chat for now, but it's just, you know, one man show is just me and I'm kind of building it towards, you know, building a brand that people want to be associated with and people want to align themselves with. Businesses want to align themselves with. Yeah. So that's how I get paid. And I, I never want to, someone asked me, um, are you going to, they asked me, can I be on the podcast? And I said, yeah, sure. I'm like, well, how much is it? Because they were a business. I'm like, mm. It's not going to cost you anything. It wasn't until you asked. Right. And I said, look, if you want to become a partner, like here's the proposal, this is what it is. But if yeah. you just want to sit down for an hour and tell me what you do, then then let's get a date on the calendar. And I think initially they were like, wow, really? I'm like, well, yeah. It's that like, easy? It's not, you know, and I get people reach out all the time mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I should probably be better. I've had people reach out and like, yeah, I'll get back to you and I just get you know, ton sure. of I just don't. I apologize if you're listening. Send me a message and I'll get back to you <laughs> sooner. Um, and I've had some that I've just rescheduled and we just haven't found a date. And it's kind of, they stopped contacting me, so I just don't yeah. chase it because I'm always busy. But yeah, like the goal is, and I'll still have a real estate license. I'll always sell my friends' houses and help them and have a good time doing that. I just won't sell, you know, won't go out there and actively find you know, knock on doors, meet strangers. You know, can I sell your house? No, yeah. like leave me alone. I don't feel comfortable doing that. But sitting down and having a podcast, you know, like 
we've met, you know, once before this when I came and interviewed last down lemon here. Lemon drop. Right, lemon drop. That's, yeah, I mean, we going call, forward. We got to yeah. call him lemon drop. <laughs> um, but that was, you know, like yeah. a two-minute interaction, right? Like, I haven't spent an hour with you like we are now. And just wave at it, you after know, this, at Iote and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That after this now, like we, we know each other, right? Yeah. So that's one thing that's helped me going forward. And I love that. Like I love meeting new yeah, people. I love, and I, but I also love giving people a platform to share their story, mm -hmm. which I know we haven't really shared much of your story today. We've just kind of chatted, yeah. which is great. Is that a good change? But you know, it's, giving someone an opportunity to, yeah. because when, whenever do they get an opportunity? People love to talk about what they do and what, what they're passionate about, which as an interviewer, it's really easy to to ask questions and lead to that. So on the podcast side, is it, it like as far as really loving it and obsessing and, and mm -hmm. all of that over it, like has that been, um, how do I find better questions? How, I, how do I find yeah. a more organic flow? Like what are the things that run through yeah, you know, Mike's uh, mind for me, like it's, and I, I kind of, I think I, and when I first started, I had like a legit yeah. sheet of questions that I would, uh, you know, I would pick from, I wouldn't go down the list, but I would pick from them, um, and stuff to like make sure the podcast got past 30 minutes right. and past the time and, and, you know, got to that magic 45 minute that people want to have. Um, but over time, it's more about how can I get better at sitting down and just mm -hmm. as having a conversation if the camera wasn't here if the microphones yeah. aren't here how do we just connect regardless if it's recorded or not yeah that's one thing that i like want to get and i that i strive to improve at is just getting down on a level where i don't want to come in and sit down with you and you think this guy's gonna ask me a bunch of gotcha questions he's a journalist that kind of thing yeah. right and i've interviewed some kind of like people who have had to deal with that mm -hmm. and i I, like I'm coming in like all hands in the air. Like I, I'm not here to cause any trouble. I just want you to share your story and give you an opportunity to do that. If you want to listen to the podcast before it goes out, we can do that. If you want me to take things out, I can do that. If you don't want it to go out, there's been two or three that we've done, spent an hour with someone. They're like, you know what? Let's just, I really didn't. That may that. be a relief on this one. Yeah. Like, you listen back to it and go, man. Yeah, people are walking the dog now like, Jesus, can we go? Uh, but, you know, like that's that's happened too. Like yeah, I'm man. not here to, I'm here to give someone an opportunity, that platform to share their story. I'm not here yeah. to trick them out, cause them any grief in the yeah. media or whatever. Because there's plenty of people out there trying to do that. Yeah. You know? I mean, when you listen to it back, if you're not, you know, if you've never heard yourself on, on a podcast before, you might be like, oh, I sound like that. Oh man! You know, like, really? My God, how many I'm sorry, times I do I say like yeah, again? I can't edit that out, unfortunately. Uh -huh. You know, um, but I've had some people be like, "Yeah, I sound like that." I'm like, yeah, that's you. Sorry, that's just you're gonna have to get over that, right? Like that, like, I can't change. I was that. planning on the sharing this with great. all my friends and family. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to now. The yeah. podcast got canceled, right? <laughs> but going forward, yeah, like that's what I strive to do is to get better at just getting on wow. getting down to the ground getting on the same level and having mm -hmm. just a normal conversation as if we were just met at a coffee shop right oh, man probably at eote sounds fantastic <laughs> right? tell me so, when yeah exactly so that's like that's the goal um, yeah as far as like and you asked before we recorded if you ever do you have any questions that like unlock people mm -hmm. i think it's more the time you spend with them than it is like just that one question. Because yeah. if I asked you a really significant question straight off the bat, you're like, oh, Woo. yeah. And I feel you the same question after an hour, you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's mm. you, you're more comfortable, right? You're more comfortable yeah. to share and, you know, so that that's one thing. But I just love doing it. It's just a lot of fun. I don't, it doesn't feel like work to me. 
editing uh, feels like work right? oh yeah editing you know, a podcast yeah. if like, anyone wants to come on and learn how to edit be a be an intern be my guest <laughs> but, yeah like you, you know, know you got five episodes in yeah and i think that that's usually where people figure out if they actually want to have a sure. podcast it's kind of yeah. like a blog yeah it is you just, it's consistency yeah and i started a blog yeah three posts later Three years later. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend. I just had lunch with him. I had a friend who did a daily blog for a year. And I, try, I said, I'm going to try this for 10 days. Mm. And I think I did, actually did it for a month. I'm like, okay, I'm done now. Like, yeah. I kept thinking of things to talk about every day. I'm like, this, why do I, why do, I don't want to do this. Well, creating content yeah. and fresh content and saying it in a way that yeah. is going to connect with people, doing that consistently, doing mm. that daily, that's a, that's a real challenge. Yeah, it's not fun at all. But it's, uh, I had, um, and then I tried, you know, people doing yeah. video blogs, right? The vlog thing was a big <laughs> thing like two years ago. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to see how that goes. How Can I do it? Can I use my iPhone and just make a video a day? How does that work? I did it for about 10 days. I mean, it was miserable because I'm not very good at editing video. Okay. But it was just like, it, I'm glad I tried that experience just to see and have a more appreciation for like a Casey Neistat who does it every single day mm-hmm. to a high level. And I'm just videoing my iPhone. All these videos, they're on my, on the, this Oklahoma YouTube, they're not very good videos, but it's just me, you know, learning and practicing. And I'm good. That's probably, I'm going to do a weekly one, hopefully soon, more of like a travel series. One thing I haven't done with this is Oklahoma has traveled outside of the metro area. I've been to Aishans to interview Aishans and I've been to Tulsa a couple of times, but I haven't gone anywhere else mainly because no one's been paying me and I kind of had to like, you know, (laughs) when when your wife says to you, what are you doing today? I'm like, well, I'm doing three podcasts. Where are they? (laughs) Well, one's in Davis. One's, you know, this is like, Watonga. Yeah. These people aren't going to buy houses from you. You know, like, so (laughs) hopefully soon enough, I'll have a kind of like a a travel series partner on board. That's going to provide vehicle gas and we'll hit the road. Um, and I will vid- make a video from that too because there's mm. so much to stay that's untapped. Mm. Uh, and if you know, there's there's travel companies that we have mm-hmm. in the state that that show videos, but I want to do that too uh, and get to the more people, the normal quote normal stories, people that nobody knows in you know like Davis or in Watonga or whatever it is. Like and how many untold you know, beautiful I mean, I've done stories? Hundred forty stories in Oklahoma, like yeah. there's endless. You know mm. so. But to, uh, I guess, I mean, what are we, plenty of time in? I should probably talk a little bit about what you do on the day today. <laughs> Question two on the We're list. Going for what, that does David, podcast. what does David do? <laughs> uh, so being like creative director and stuff, yeah. like that's a big, that's a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a, you know, you're like, I'm a creative director, all these things that content comes about. Yeah. <laughs> so you look at every social media platform and podcasting, writing. What is where does where does the passion for? I mean, are you like um, are you like lemon drop? Right? Are you into the music side? <laughs> are you a man. writer? Are you a speaker? Where is where do you where's your like center on that? Yeah, speaker, writer, storyteller. Okay. And so, one of my big passions as well is uh, connecting and convening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somebody told me a couple of years ago, they're like, you're amazing at networking. I'm not really into networking. I, 
Yeah. I don't like networking events. Like I want to have coffee with you. Uh, I want to hang out. You, like I, I want to hear your story. Um, but I don't want to usually just do like the, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. Here's, you know, yeah. 90 seconds of small talk. Let's move on. And we're looking around right. the room to see who else is there the entire time. Uh, I was talking to, to my friend Logan the other day about this, uh, Logan Rosenbaum, uh, Rosenbaum Academy of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's a brilliant music teacher and we had never talked about this, but there's something about speaking and music, mm-hmm. uh, that really connected. And so when you talk about like creative director, what do you do? Um, I'm trying to help bring stories that move people, uh, help bring ideas that are worth spreading, um, to the table. Sure. And so, you know, with, uh, with Logan, as, as we talked about that, um, we talked about how, you know, with, with, um, with music, cause everybody understands music. A lot of times people don't understand like how a story works. Right. Uh, a lot of times people don't understand how, uh, how do you give a, uh, a, a public speech that's going to yeah. engage somebody, motivate them, all of those things. And there's rules, um, that, that apply there just like, uh, just like music. Yeah. Um, so what is it with, with music? You have like 12 notes, right? I think it's 12. I'm not a musician, but essentially like you embrace that there's a framework first off. So you just embrace that box and that limitation and there's something in there. Okay. So within music uh, and two great musicians, you have John Williams. So John Williams is known because Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. uh, So Hedwig's theme. I think I'm doing it right there. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. And then Star Wars. Right. So John Williams is known like within story as melody. Okay. So John Williams is always telling story through the, um, I guess, just simply through melody. And then he brings under it uh, what a musician would refer to as texture. Right. And that's everything else happening around it. But, you know, John Williams uh, music through melody. And so some some storytellers just naturally go. Some communicators just naturally go Mm-hmm. towards that specific message of like, I am going straight forward. This is what it is. They're really strong on melody. Yeah. Others, uh, they're not nearly as strong on melody. Right. Follow me on that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, they're really strong on emotion. Right. They're really rich. Like when it comes to the actual texture and creating like a feeling it, in a room, yeah. but afterwards you might not like you laughed, <laughs> you cried. And afterwards you're like, that was amazing. Have I have no idea what no- the music is. Exactly. So, so you're talking like your like, um, typical kind of orchestra, like, like a, plays uh, and shows Z- yeah. and stuff. Hans Zimmer, you know, yes. like, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, so like the most famous guy in, in that area. Right. Yeah. So, so Hans Zimmer, like when, when you hear the inception, uh, soundtrack or yeah. in, in interstellar, what you're going to hear in, in that is like, you're, you're going to get all texture. Mm-hmm. And in the background, there's a melody that's working, but you might not even be able to pick it out if it was solo because he builds all of it through conflict. So I think that that's a lot of what my role is, is to help balance out the music that people create through the stories that they tell. So if you're really strong on melody, like there's a good chance that the emotion, the texture isn't there. Sure. But if you're really strong on texture, a lot of times the story isn't there. And so that's a lot of what I do. Um, We're building a podcast network here. uh, So I've got to, 
you know, take some notes from, yeah. from you on how, <laughs> how to do this, yeah. uh, uh, telling stories through video as, as we go forward, mm-hmm. uh, get to bring writers to, to the table with, with our magazine, um, bringing in more music through producers like cadence and in, in the future as, as well. Yeah. Um, but currently like where, where we are, um, that's been a, a lot of what I've been focusing on is, you know, how do we bring out that sound? Right. The video stuff's a whole nother animal too. It is. Like putting people on like, and I, the reason which this is Oklahoma is a podcast is because I sat in front of a video camera with the light on just to record the intro to our Facebook page that wow. I was just started. And I had a script and everything and I did it and it was awful. And I did it again and it was still awful. And then I, oh, I, I, I had a friend of mine was there. He's very, Understand. He's very good at video. You know, he, he's, he's a videographer and he, he was teaching me how to do yeah. everything. He, we're on his set at school and doing this stuff. He's like, okay, just say this the same way, but say this word like a little bit, you know, just louder a bit. Yeah. I don't remember what I just said, you know, which is great for a podcast. Yeah. You just kind of chat and conversation. It's easy. Saying a script and talking to a camera was mm. miserable. So that's, so after that day, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, how about a podcast? Which is crazy. If I hadn't put myself in front of a camera, we'd never be sat here today, which is nuts to think of it. That's, that's a great point on creativity. Yeah. And, you know, talking about like creative direction and mm-hmm. all of that. I think another one of my roles is to launch yeah. Like help activate people. I'm, I'm not like going to keep, I'm, I'm not going to keep that fire going all the time, but I'm going to start a lot of fires. Right. And let's just find out what ends up burning. Right. Yeah. And you know, who's going to stoke their, their own fire as far as that goes, because people can bring something to the table, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are waiting till it's perfect to launch it. Sure. It's like, no, like we got to go ahead and get out. that out. And then like, as we're going along. Yeah will make sense of, of it all. Like you, right. As you talked about, you had a list of questions. You didn't have like, okay, this, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, where it's super structured, but at the same time, like at some point you just got to launch. So you have to, that's part of what I get to do is, is, you know, for, for people who are like, ah, I can't even, I work with some brilliant writers, like we're talking brilliant writers and they'll turn it in and they'll be like, yeah, I just don't really feel very good about it. And then I read it and I'm like crying. I'm like, I feel good about it. This is amazing. You <laughs> like, post this what are the edits? Yeah. There aren't. Zero. We're just yeah. like, yeah, we're, we're sharing are they, this. Are they just kind of like, they get anxiety of thinking of, oh, it's not my best work. I can't put it out. I think so. And, and or the I, fear of it just not being put. I don't know. What is, is it a fear thing from perfection? Yeah. It kind of, um, some writers, it's an insecurity, mm. um, you know, and, maybe you're, you're hunting after like, I really want to know that this is good. I think for some of them, they actually know the technicalities of it really well. Okay. And some of them are relentless. And so for, for them, they're going, okay, like that's good. But if you give me another week, you won't believe what it could be. Right. I'm like, sorry, we have a deadline. You don't have a week. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sharing it now. I hope it's (laughs) good enough. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you have a lot of writers in the going, how, how long does the leadership thing take? You said you've had 500 people through, like what is, yeah. how many uh, per class, how long does it take? Yeah, a, a class goes nine months. Okay. Uh, Quite with, a long process then. Yeah. Um, they meet once a month or a couple times a, a yeah. month. Uh, and then kind of out of that base, um, I'm going to reach out to okay. people. But also 
if I know somebody's just a good communicator, somebody's a writer, mm-hmm. somebody's a musician, and they're just in, in OKC and they haven't been through Salt, I like bring your stuff to the sure. table. Like we're not going to be exclusive on that. Instead, yeah. we're going to tap into all of the creativity if we can in our city okay. and bring everybody into it. And so yeah. find out what happens there. Yeah, that's that's a really cool pool of some pretty talented people, I'm sure. Or seeing people progress over after nine months. It, it's in. It, yeah, it's it's incredible. And most of our writers uh, weren't. Like so, so far, most of our writers, communicators haven't been people who are in this current class. Okay. We have a few who, who are, but then we have people who, you know, maybe they went through seven years ago mm. and I'm like, oh, wait, that person went through. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, this is David Skidmore. And I was wondering if you'd be interested, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's like that. Okay. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's why you come to work every day, right? It's impacting people and it's impacting people, people. and having impacting people so that they can go and impact other people. Yeah. I think, um, giant spider web. Yeah. And, and, you know, another way to, to think about it is it's kind of like a vault. Um, okay. and what I've learned is you've learned this. I mean, you, you sit with people and you, you mm-hmm. get the most amazing stories. Yeah. I sit with, with people, um, and I discover there's an incredible gifting there. Mm-hmm nobody knew that there was that gifting there. Sometimes they don't even think that their gifting is that special. It's not that significant. And so you have a vault and it's filled with treasure. Right. But nobody knows about it. What do I get to do? Yeah. Yeah. We get to say, hey, we got to share this. Time to open that door up. Yeah. There's so much wealth here. There's so much wisdom here. There's so much creativity. And so I think part of what I get to do is, is unlock it in the process. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool to see all that stuff. And I've kind of like, you know, you mentioned stories, like there's been some podcast stories where there's been people who aren't like known in the community. They just, just a normal guy Mm. and have a story. And then I'm walking out of the podcast, like, this is incredible. Like mm. what this guy does, what this girl does. Like no one knows about oh, this. Those are the best stories. You know? yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is the, I can't wait to post this one kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but so back to uh, current day and what the stuff, which, mm-hmm. you know, you've given me a fantastic t-shirt, which I can't wait to wear proudly around town. Hope uh, culture. Hope culture. Yeah. Mm. Let's finish with that. Tell me yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah. So hope culture is uh, five guys who came together, uh, all connected through salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question came up, what would it look like if hope became the norm mm-hmm. for our city? I mean, everybody and you know, like in, in America, we say, well, everybody has equal opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's not always true. Yeah. No, I, that's, I'm, that's a good point. I'm not saying you don't have any opportunity. I'm just saying you don't have equal opportunity. Right. And, Somebody's going to fight me on that and send me some, you know, nice emails about how. And you'll I, prove them, send them a bunch of other stuff to be like, yeah, there's people yeah. here that can tell you you're, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. So I, some people in some specific groups, I mean, like if you look in, in our city's history, like there, there's redlining. Yeah. You, you look at the, how that disadvantages even a part of our city and communities in, in our city. And so it's like, what does it look like? to affect and to impact the culture of this city? What if hope Mm -hmm. became 
the culture. And so, you know, uh, in that you have uh, Marcus Jackson, you have Les Thomas, senior, who we've talked about already. Yeah. Uh, you have Vernon Dees, Mike Carnuccio, mm-hmm. uh, and me. And so we just kind of looked and, and saw there was unique gifting in, in the room and said, what could be possible? And what, what I love about it is that um, when you go to hopeculture.us, that's hopeculture.us, and uh, buy apparel, like 50% of that goes back into the community towards causes that are meant to create hope. Sure. And so for, for us, uh, we've also heard that um, 10% of culture tips culture. Yeah. And so if you think of, the, of, of a T-shirt, you know, uh, whether you're wearing Nike or whatever, that's a flag. All we're saying is what if hope yeah. was the flag in our city? What if yeah. hope is, is the flag in Oklahoma? You know, mm-hmm. Hopelahoma. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's change things so that we actually move the needle on, on stuff. Like we're known as far as human flourishing for the things you should be doing best at. Sure. We're doing worst. And I think like as a Christian in this state, I'm just going to say it's an indictment on the church where if you had any symbols and signs mm-hmm. of human flourishing, you would think like per capita of how many church buildings there, there are, um, it's human flourishing lot. should be incredible here. Yeah, it should but be. Yeah. Instead, uh, we incarcerate more people per capita than anywhere else in, in the world. Uh, thankfully, we, we have some some people, you know, uh, in, in Oklahoma, like Adam Luck, uh, mm-hmm. who are affecting that with the pardon and parole board and, and, and other things. But that's still affecting yeah. how we are. Like um, our health outcomes are horrendous. What does it look like to create a place where everyone can thrive, where everyone yeah. can can flourish? And that's what Hope Culture is about. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, that's really good. I know it hasn't been going very long, right? What, six months, something like that, maybe? Yeah. Uh, I've seen some of the, the events you've had. I know you had an event recently that a friend of mine, Deanne, spoke at, I think. Oh, my. We went to school together. She's unreal. Unreal. Like one of the most talented yeah. spoken word artists I've, I've ever met. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a, we have a funny, so when we have, uh, if you see her next, you see, I have to, and if she's, she's probably going to, I hope she listened to this, but if she doesn't, you'll surprise her by saying to her, but you know, when like, uh, like say you're dating someone or someone's you and they call you babe, <laughs> biggest pain in the backside. That's just a pet peeve of mine. Right? Okay. So there was me. The office episode? Probably that. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not, not, my wife's a huge office fan. So oh, that's great. To, British I, or not, English? Engl- uh, like British the, or the, American? Yeah, the American one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the Ricky Gervais one. Anyway. We but speak so English. <laughs> we, we were at like a, me, Deanne, and another friend of ours were at like a dorm room meeting or yeah. whatever. And someone was sat next to us calling their spouse babe and stuff. So that's our standing joke is that the three of us call each other babe. Oh, that's beautiful. So when you see her next, you have to say, my current tells you, hey, babe. Oh, and she'll just laugh her head off. Done. Um, but next. I, she is, yes, done. Next. Yes. Yeah, she is extremely talented at what she does. Yeah. Um, and she just shares, shares such a passion for it. And that's part of it is, as well as to create a platform mm-hmm. where people, you know, who have uh, all of these gifts, how many people like Deanne are out there and nobody has yeah. ever given them a platform for yeah. that opportunity. And so... You know, I'd love yeah. to see that where where we're able to uh, bring more artists, um, you know, whether that's music, whether that's poetry, whether that's painting, uh, mm-hmm. but bring people and help them create. Because ultimately, this isn't about five guys. Right. This is about all of us 
creating hope for a city, for a state. Uh, and let's just see what, what happens from there. Yeah. You have any events coming up for that? Yeah, that's a great question. A uh, as as of now pending. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that first one was really good. Yeah. And, and if you want to, uh, it was incredible. If you want to follow any of the events, just go to at hopeculture.us. That's at hopeculture.us. Follow yeah. us on, on the gram. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. And then any SALT leadership stuff coming up? Salt and yeah. Uh, so SALT has our annual uh, graduation family reunion, you know, where people from different classes yeah. who, who have gone through, uh, they get together and then uh, we'll start training uh, again this coming summer. And so we, we do have a little bit of downtime. Mm-hmm. Now, what I am excited about is that just like our podcast network, like we're, we're going to be launching a few right. more podcasts over the next, uh, over the next three months. And so, uh, I'm excited nice. to see yeah. what, what comes out. From is it there. just going to use a few different like podcasts or just yeah. one? Yeah. So currently we have hope leads with, with West Lane. Yeah. Uh, we have a, actually an, an episode with, uh, Les Thomas coming out, yeah. uh, like I think in two weeks, uh, depends on, on when this is published. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and then we have, um, we have Mike Carnuccio and then we have like a, a few other people sure. that we're currently like just talking with and working with to find out like when it's going to be the ideal launch right. time for them. Uh, but some people who have some, you know, incredible mm-hmm. impact and stories, uh, not just locally, but some of them, uh, nationally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you have friends like Scott Williams who travels around and speaks Scott, all around the world. Scott right? Williams, total legend. These it's streets, like, who is this guy? Alan, he's OKC streets. Oh, I love it. Yeah, when I see his yeah. snaps and I see his Instagram videos like that. I think he tweeted recently. He's like, um, if, if speakers are canceling because of the coronavirus, I'm yes, fit, yeah. I am well, I am ready to travel and I wash my hands. <laughs> like, Scott is, <laughs> by the way, I, I just got to say like, as, as you well know, I mean, mm. Scott is, Scott's one of those people you spend like 30 seconds with them. Yeah. And I think honestly, that's probably how much I've actually spent. Well, he gave me and he knows my brother-in-law very well from yeah. like life church days. And my brother-in-law called me up one day and said, Hey, do you want to go to an OSU yeah. game? I've well, my friend Scott's given us two free tickets yeah. and we went and sat with Scott and his son and that's the only time I've really met him like properly yeah. and at a football game you'd just watch football you never talk to him and I feel like he's probably I feel like I really know him yeah right that's amazing like, yeah. 30 seconds he's probably listening just like who is this Mike I have no idea who this guy is no idea but I like him great accent like, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah but Scott's just one of those people you spend a little time with him and you walk out on, on fire yeah. I mean yeah just mm-hmm. amazing awesome well how can people you haven't plugged yourself yet how can they follow you and how can they get in touch yeah they can follow at David I Skidmore on social media and you know as, as well uh, speaking writing and so uh, I love getting out there, whether I'm talking on leadership stuff, sometimes, uh, you know, talk with different groups, churches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love doing that as well. Awesome. Well, mate, yeah. I really appreciate the, the, I don't know how long we've gone. We've gone long, which is good. Good content. It's I really been appreciate fantastic. the time. Uh, getting to know you a little bit, getting to share some stories. And I'm, this is not going to be the last time we sit down together. So thanks for listening, guys. I'll post all the links down below and we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, 
Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.